Over the previous two games, it felt like the Mountaineers just couldn't catch a break. Then against UCF, the ball bounced their way a number of times, and even more importantly, the Mountaineers cashed in at just about every opportunity on the road to a convincing 41-28 win. And we're here to break that game down for you on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. It's Nick Farrell and Kevin Redfern to break down and react to West Virginia's win over UCF. Kevin, to me, these stats tell the story, and I think head coach Neil Brown agrees. You'll hear from him in just a little bit. WVU now 5-3 and three overall, 3-2 three and two in the Big 12. One more win to become bowl eligible. How did we get to that point? Well, 7-7 seven for seven in the red zone at the bounce house. Four takeaways on defense converted into 21 points on offense. But I guess I want to know your take. Did West Virginia get fortunate at times with some of these bounces, some of these takeaways, or did West Virginia make its own luck by playing good defense? Well, I'll use a little bit of a cop-out and coach speak here and give you the, it's a little bit of both. Yeah. I mean, clearly the uh, clutch Beanie Bishop interception, his first one of the day was a nice bounce into his arms on a play that he probably got beaten, could be a touchdown. And I don't know about you, but that seemed almost identical to the one at Houston in which uh, a Garrett Green pass ended in interception. Same part of the field, same sequence in which uh, Houston, a couple weeks ago, they turned that. Uh, into a 14-point swing. WVU did the exact same thing uh, Saturday against UCF. So that was a great little bounce. In terms of the other takeaways, pressure provided the second interception that Marcus Floyd got. Beanie Bishop played physical defense and put himself in a position to make another play for a second interception. And then Lee Koba on the fourth takeaway, the strip sack, imposing his will for a play we haven't really seen from him this year. So I'll lean more towards they earned those and then, like you said, capitalized on pretty much all of them. The first Beanie Bishop INT definitely was similar to that Houston play, with the only difference being the UCF bobble was at the 10 instead of being in the end zone. But I still think that it is our first green mortgage play of the game, first green mortgage turning point brought to you by First Green Mortgage. Your home is the heart of what we do because West Virginia cashed in to make it a 14-point swing. UCF probably is scoring on the next play or two or three. If that play is converted for a completion, it was not. West Virginia capitalized, and the Mountaineers never trailed after that point. They were leading 10-7. to They might have been tied or fallen behind. Instead, it's 17-7, and the Mountaineers are able to win the game by two scores. So defense, absolutely a turning point for WVU against the Knights. But what about rushing yards, right? This was a UCF team that came into the game boasting a terrific offense. Could West Virginia's defense get the job done against a team that averages close to 500 yards of total offense per game? Well, defense gets four takeaways. That really helps. But also UCF's run defense, not very good. Next to last in the Big 12 coming into this game, West Virginia really torched UCF with its ground game. C.J. Donaldson goes over the century mark on 17 carries. He gets a score. Jaheim White, nine rushes for 85 yards and a score. That's almost 10 yards per carry. And then Garrett Green, 11 rushes, 55 yards, and three scores. So Green balling out in his home state of Florida. Did it without two regular starters on the offensive line, too. Tomas Remack limited in his return to the lineup from injury, and then they lost Doug Nestor in the first half of the game. No update on his status as of yet. I think you mentioned he was in a boot, right? Yeah, they kept him dressed, but he was in the boot in the second half. But, Sounds like he's facing some swelling. But West Virginia able to get the job done with the ground game today. Yeah, absolutely. And like you mentioned, UCF, I mean, 
coming into this game allowing almost 200 yards per game on the ground. As an offensive coach, if you're Neil Brown or Chad Scott, your eyes light up early in the week when you're doing scout. They're going to get back to their identity, use the offensive line, pound the rock. Perfect opportunity for a get-back game for C.J. Donaldson, or a get-right game, I should say. And that's exactly what he did. Uh, Brown said it was his best game since uh, Pitt. I'll go out and say it's been his best game all year. I think he rushed for 7.7 and change in yards per carry, which was over a yard more than his previous season high. His best performance, and he didn't even start. So maybe that's right. what C.J. Donaldson needed, just to come off the bench, Calmus, and in basketball terms, in like a six-man role. And uh, you could tell right from the first drive on that fourth down conversion, he was ready to roll. Yeah, absolutely. So he had good games against Penn State, Pitt, and UCF. I'm with you there because Donaldson was in that rut where he was averaging like about three-ish yards per carry. Mm. Today, he really breaks it off and plays well. I thought one of the uh, addition to the offense that was a nice wrinkle was the usage of Rodney Gallagher. You know, maybe no big-time splash plays from the true freshman from Uniontown, but good to see him getting involved. And it's another game where another player from the wide receiving core steps up, different name, different face, and I realize that a lot of Gallagher's touches came on those jet sweeps, right? But still good to see him continuing to get more touches and continuing to grow in his freshman season. Yeah, and I think both him and tight end Cole Taylor, they kind of use him in a cool way where they get the defense working side to side, like you mentioned in those jet sweeps or on some of those play action cross the line of scrimmage routes. And that way you kind of stretch a defense out to its full capacity. And then once that happens, you can start working the middle of the field. I think that's why we saw a lot of Gallagher and Taylor early in the game. And then some of the more explosive stuff later in the game. So that really was the story for West Virginia against UCF winning 41 to 28, four takeaways converted to 21 points off turnovers and a really solid rushing performance, 14 yards shy of 300 net on the ground for WVU. We'll listen to postgame thoughts from head coach Neil Brown right after this on the Golden Blue Nation podcast. Don't fall behind on your home improvement projects. Let First Green Mortgage help you with their variety of home improvement loans, and you can rest assured that your loan stays here. Visit their offices in Bridgeport or Morgantown or apply anytime online at the all-new fgm.bank. Time to go to the podium for quick thoughts from head coach Neil Brown following West Virginia's two-score win over UCF. Proud of our team, proud of our staff. And I want to say our team, you know, I mean the guys that are back home. We only travel 70. Scout teams did a great job this week. All our support staff. And it takes a village, you know. We had a good week of weather at home, but it was in the 70s. We come down here, it's mid-80s. And um, that takes everybody from nutrition, strength, conditioning, um, sports site, the, the whole deal, and, uh, you know, just really proud of the team, players, and staff all the way around. And we've got a resilient group, and if you've been paying attention to us all year, is we've been a group, when, even when bad things happen, we've always responded, you know, and you know, I said this on our press conference on, Mon- on uh, Monday, you know, we were really close to being a 6-1 and one team coming in this game, and now we're really close to being a 7-1 to team, and, but we've been resilient. You know, we've been able to bounce. We've been able to bounce back when bad things happen. And I thought that was, again, today, guys, like, is we had some guys get hurt. We had some guys get hurt. And we played two backup linemen uh, for majority of the game. We had a bunch of – bunch of, or a couple of receivers went down. We played a bunch of different receivers in the game. Um, uh, linebackers, we, we rotated some guys that hadn't played before. And, and so, you know, Riley Collins came in and played, and we had a bunch of different faces on special teams. But the group is really resilient. And, uh, 
and I, and I told them this, and I really believe this as a coach, like we earned this on Tuesday and Wednesday. And when when we brought them back, we, we, we mixed up our week last week. We practiced on Sunday. We won't do that the rest of the time, but we practiced on Sunday. And when we brought them back on Tuesday morning, you know, the group had energy, man. They had really good energy. And I think that speaks to our leadership. But, again, I think it speaks to the leadership coach-wise on each side of the ball. Um, but we earned that. And, and I thought really what it came down to is, like, our brand, brand of football when, when we're playing well is we're disciplined. And you can see that. We got four penalties in the game and two of them right at the end. You know, we're careless. Um, four penalties. Uh, fundamentals, and I think that shows up in time of possession offensively because we're not doing things that hurt ourselves. Um, we're a team that plays really hard, and you, you can talk to any opposing group. Like, we play really, really hard. The thing, we're, we're tough, and I already talked about the mental toughness, but we're physically tough up on both sides of the ball up front. And uh, we didn't tackle as good as we need to today. It was better than last week, but I thought we really did a good job striking people. And uh, the last thing is 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 we, we play relatively smart football. You know, there's a couple things that – that we got to get corrected. I love Garrett. There's a couple things he's got to be smarter about, and uh, and he's learning. But that's who we are. And, and I think the stat that I, I sit in here last Saturday after a disappointing loss and said the one stat that really sticks out is points off turnover differential, right? And and that's something that we had worked a ton because you go back and look at who wins leagues in the Big Twelve, who wins games in the Big Twelve. Everybody talks about the turnover margin, and and but that's true. But it's really what's the differential. All right, who scores points off turnovers? What's that differential? And we worked a lot of it in the spring, into fall camp, and today that was the reason we won the game. You know, we had 21 points off turnovers, all right, or takeaways. We call them takeaways. Central Florida call them turnovers. We call them takeaways. We scored 21 points, and that was the, that was the story of the game. You can hear the complete post-game press conference from head coach Neil Brown right now on our website, goldenbluenation.com. As we mentioned, third Big 12 win for WVU. One more win overall to get to bowl eligibility. Mountaineers 3-0 all-time against UCF with the two previous wins coming in non-conference games in 2003 and 2004. Kevin, want to look ahead as we wrap up this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We're heading into November now. Four games left for WVU in the regular season. Need one to get to bowl eligibility, but it seems like there should realistically be more out there. Here's the remaining schedule. Home next week against BYU. On the road November 11th against Oklahoma. November 18th, senior day. Home finale against Cincinnati. And then on the road at Baylor. I think that if I was an odds maker, I'm setting that line at two and a half wins for West Virginia. You taking the over there, that's two home victories. You take care of business at home, and you come away with a win against Oklahoma or Baylor. Where do you stand there? It's tough. I mean, a four-game stretch in predicting it in college football is probably one of the hardest things you can do. Two and a half is a very, very large line there. it's going to be tough. These next two games, BYU and Oklahoma, well-coached teams, two of the better teams in the top half of the Big 12. I think if you can win one of those, it will go a long way. Uh, when you look at the last two games, Cincinnati at home, they have not been performing as a competitor really in their first year in the Big 12. And then Baylor, who's really been up and down. So you can catch them on a bad day. You can catch them on a good day. I would say those two are the ones that are most likely to become wins out of the four. And if you can steal one at the beginning... My gut feel says, though, that that's going to be a tall task. So your your gut is two. Two out of win. Four. I'm going to yep. say that they take two out of the final four. They reach a bowl. Yeah, I think that's where I am. You know, I think that getting to six wins would be fine for a team picked to finish 14th out of 14 in the Big 12. But I really think that after the outstanding start that this team had to the season, you got to get 
two, maybe even three. Like eight and four to me is definitely attainable. And I know that Coach Brown continues to reference the Houston game as, well, we could be seven and one or we could be six and two at this point, right? And so if you have the Houston game in the bag, then, then you are bowl eligible with four games to go, right? I think the Mountaineers are definitely getting to six. Seven is really realistic. I'm right there with you. I think two. I think you take care of business at home. I think you do beat BYU Cincinnati. That would be my prediction. Oklahoma on the road is tough. Baylor the weekend after Thanksgiving, if you're in limbo, right. it's just like super hard to predict. We saw what happened to West Virginia against Oklahoma State last year. That team, Oklahoma State, didn't really have anything to play for. West Virginia ends the game with ends the year with a win in that game. Um, but I do think it is imperative, imperative for WVU after this little hiccup against Houston and Oklahoma State, imperative to have a great showing against BYU in front of a home crowd in order to say, look, we're moving on. We really are making strides ahead and we're getting to bowl eligibility maybe earlier than some would have anticipated if you asked them back in August. Oh, absolutely. And to come back and get a win after back-to-back losses to fall back into the loss column there kind of makes you revert back to that same thinking or same identity that you might have thought about yourself when you're at the lowest point in the season. I mean, every game's a must win, but a must win next week in Morgantown. Absolutely so, and we will have complete coverage of West Virginia versus BYU on our digital platforms. Stick with GoldenBlueNation.com for more coverage of the Mountaineer football team. We'll, of course, hear from Coach Brown again Monday, and you can watch his press conference at GoldenBlueNation.com or on the Golden Blue Nation Facebook page. All right, that's a wrap on this edition of the Golden Blue Nation podcast. We'll be back next week after the BYU game to recap that one. He's Kevin Redfern. I'm Nick Farrell. See you next week on the Golden Blue Nation podcast.